Okay, so we are going to have our scripture reading for today. Our friend Junie right here is going to read some scripture. So please listen and we'll dig into the word whenever you're ready. Hear the word of the Lord from Exodus 28:11. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. You are to labor six days and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day to the Lord your God. You must not do any work, you, your son or daughter, your male or female servant, your livestock, or the resident alien who is within your city gates. For the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and everything in them in six days. Then he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and declared it holy. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you. Right. Y'all gonna miss that on the podcast anyway, just in case. All right. To the podcast people, we're in the fourth commandment. Okay. All right, here we go. So I was a missionary uh, in Asia, and, and, and I was in a country where you couldn't just say, yo, I'm a missionary. So I had a job, and my job was teaching uh, high school. So I know some of y'all who got teenagers, I know what, that's, this is intense, Okay. All right. Now, one of the things that they did in that in, the, in that particular country is that at noon everybody would eat lunch, and then at one everybody would take a nap. Seriously, I'm not joking. They're like, "Go home." The, the school was closed from one to two. You better go take a nap. And at first, I was feeling some kind of way, like, "Man, that's that's kind of lazy." You know what I'm saying? But then I was like, "Well, everybody else sleep, so I might as well go to sleep too." And so I got used to taking a taking that nap in the middle of the day. And you know what? I came back to work pretty energized. I was ready to do it. You know what I'm saying? And when I got back to America, I was kind of sad. I was like, we should all take a nap. We need to be like the rest of the Come on now. We need to be like the rest of the world out here. The interesting thing is sometimes naps kind of mess up your day. But for me, sometimes I just need a power nap. Okay? And, and the power nap, what, what it's meant to do is to carry you on through to the end of the day. It's, some, it's a bit of rest so that you are ready to move on for the rest of your day. Now, what's interesting is, is we have this idea of Sabbath, and we're going to explain what that means in the Old Testament, how we, how we interpret it right now. But what I think is, is in this life, we can get tired, yes? We can get tired in this life. And sometimes we might be discouraged. Sometimes I don't want to do what the Lord wants me to do. Sometimes I'm frustrated. And y'all, we need a power nap. And the power nap that we need is gathering with God's people on the Lord's day. That, that is what gets us ready to, to, to persevere and move on through the ups and downs of life, okay? So according to the catechism that we have been teaching our kids, it says, on the Sabbath day, we spend time in public and private worship of God, rest from routine employment, serve the Lord and others, and so anticipate the eternal Sabbath. Now, I'm going to get into it. Don't worry. Now, some, I come from a culture, a church culture where, where they ask you, are you a preacher or a teacher? What they mean is, are you going to, like, get real excited? Are you going to explain? I'm going to try to do both, but we're going to aim more on the teaching side today because I want you to understand what the Bible is teaching us. In other words, the Sabbath is this, is that we have a dedicated time to remember who God is, what he has done for us, and what we have to look for. And listen, the dedication of this time is meant to shape all the other time in our lives and to strengthen us to live for the Lord. Now, a question that you hear often is, 
In the Old Testament, the Sabbath was on a Saturday. If, if you're paying attention, today is Sunday. Yeah? What happened? What's going on? This is from an old confession. It says, it says God has appointed one day in seven for a Sabbath or, or a day of worship to be kept holy to him. Which from the beginning of the world to the resurrection of Christ was the last day of the week. A Saturday. But from the resurrection of Christ was changed to the first day of the week. And we call it the Lord's Day. And that confession said, it's to be continued until the end of the world. All right? So we're going we're gonna to dig, dig into that a little bit. Let's ask the Lord to help. Lord, would you help us to understand your word? It is written for our good. It is, it is not a, a, a heavy weight to bear us down. But it is, it is a source of hope and joy and wisdom. So Lord, would you give us your divine wisdom as we look in the scriptures, and would you give us um, just a motivation and an, an intention to obey what you have said? In Jesus' name, amen. All right, when we look at verse 8, it says, remember the Sabbath day, keep it holy. So let's back up. What is the Sabbath? The Sabbath is a day for worship and rest. Now, what's interesting is we live in a culture where we have two days of rest, but back in that time period, there was not a day of rest. Matter of fact, when people looked at Israel, they would be like, y'all lazy. Why y'all not working? Y'all just got a day to chill? Like, it was actually a very countercultural thing for them to stop working for, for a day. And listen, everyone else worked seven days a week, and, and they could have looked at Israel and like, man, what are y'all doing? But the Sabbath reminded them that all their days belong to God. To give one day is the, is the idea that all the days matter. Very similar to when the Lord asked you to give. You give, and it's not like the rest of the money you can do what you want to do. It's, this actually belongs to the Lord, and I need to use it in a way that honors him. Another good example is, is I hope that you spend some private time in prayer with the Lord. And some people will say, well, I don't need that because I pray all day. Good. But I guarantee that if you have that special time with the Lord, you're probably more likely to pray throughout the day. We, we honor and give the first fruits or a portion of what we have to the Lord so that we would remember that all of it actually belongs to the Lord. And the Sabbath, it reminded the people of God that they were human and that they were cared for by God. They weren't simply robots given to do particular tasks with a demanding manager going, do the thing. God says, no, I care about you. I care that you rest. I care that you take a break. And when we think about the Sabbath, it's a day of rest and worship. And the command says, remember the Sabbath. Then it says, keep it holy. So the question is, okay, what, how do I keep it holy? What does it mean to do that? Now, this is from 1 Timothy 4 and 5. It says, for everything created by God is good. And nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving, since it is sanctified. Sanctified is another way of make holy. It is sanctified by the word of God and by prayer. How do I sanctify? How do I set it apart? How do I make it holy? By the word of God and prayer. That's what it means to, to make it holy. Like some have wrongly thought that the Sabbath is simply about chilling, that we just rest a lot. Now, I went down to, to Charleston. I was visiting a, a, another church planner in our, our church planner organization, Acts 29, and, and we, were, we were all visiting him, kind of learning about uh, what he was doing, what his culture was. 
Um, and you got to be a good student of culture if you're going to be with church plan. You got to understand what people like, what are they doing? And and he said, hey, we're going to go to this concert. I said, okay. He says, we're going to go to a country concert. Now, listen, I know some of y'all like country, but as melanated folks, we don't know. That's not, that's not our cup of tea, okay? And so me and J-Well was like, we're about to go to the country country concert, okay? And and we was the only people that looked like us there. Anyway, we, <laughs> we, we had the country concert. We observing, looking around what's happening. And, this, and, this, and the man starts singing something about church on the beach, okay? And he was singing a whole song about having church on the beach. Well, what I noticed about the song is, is he ain't say nothing about Jesus or the Bible, but he's like, I'm having church on the beach because I'm, I'm resting. And then I looked around, and people was, like, grinding on each other. And I'm like, that's not church. I don't know what kind of church y'all go to, but uh, <laughs> that ain't the one I'm used to. You know what I'm saying? But the idea is they had this understanding, oh, well, the day of rest is I just chill. I do what I want to do. But that's not how you make it holy, right? That's, you, know, you know, like like the Sabbath is for a particular kind of rest. It's not just I don't do nothing. It's a rest in the Lord. Now, y'all know sometimes you've been tired and what you want to do is numb and binge. Y'all Netflix, all that kind of thing. You just want to numb and binge. But the reality is that does not give you rejuvenation for your soul. That, that's not the type of rest that the Lord is inviting you to. The kind of rest that he's inviting you to is, is a rest that is supposed to refresh your soul and get you ready to live for God. So what does it mean to keep the Sabbath holy? We set it apart by gathering together to worship God and to learn from his word. That's how we keep it holy. That's what that means. In fact, when, when Martin Luther, he was explaining this, this particular commandment, he says, we should fear and love God so that we do not despise preaching and his word, but hold it sacred and gladly hear and learn from it. It's interesting. He says, he's, basically what he's saying is, is you, if you don't make it a habit to gather with God's people, what, according to Martin Luther, is you despise in the word. It's not of importance to you. There's other things that you got to do that have made the way to the top of your list. And you don't see the type of rest that you need is not just chilling and is not just doing something. It's something that gets you ready to live for God. And beloved, we need to be careful that we don't despise the Lord's day. What I love about it is he doesn't mince words. He doesn't say, well, he just didn't feel like it. No, he said, you, you despise him, the gift that God has given you. Now, what I love in, in verse 9 and 10 is, is we learn that the Sabbath, this rest that God offers, this, this day of worship, is for all kinds of people. And in verse 9, it says, you are to labor six days and do all your work. But the seventh day is Sabbath to the Lord your God. You must not do any work. Your son or your daughter, now your son will be like, I can't take out the trash today. That's not what I'm talking about. Your son or your daughter, your male or female servant, I know that's a red flag for some people. I want you to think uh, your, your employee. That's, that's more akin to what's going on. Uh, it was it was a it was a type of economic situation. Okay, it wasn't because of the color of their skin that they were the servant. I just needed to say that. Your male or female servant, your livestock, or the resident alien, the person who don't even live with y'all, the person who would be the lowest on the totem pole of their society. It's for everybody. Look at the indiscriminate nature of the Sabbath. He says, "I want all people to rest in me. It don't matter where you're from, where you work, what you look like." If you're a citizen, if you're not, whatever, I want everybody to be able to access 
and enjoy this rest that I will provide. The indiscriminate nature of the Sabbath actually points to the indiscriminate nature of the gospel itself. The gospel is not for rich people. It's not just for, it's not for poor people. It's not for, for men or women. It's not for whatever class you're in. It's not for whatever company. It's for everybody. And he's saying, I'm inviting everybody, no matter what type of burdens that you bear, you can come and receive rest from me. Man, this, this gospel crosses all kinds of barriers and invites everyone to rest. When we look at verse 11, we, we get this idea that we can enjoy the Sabbath or the Lord's Day so that we can focus on who God is and what he has done. In verse 11, it says, why, why are we going to do this Sabbath thing? For the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and everything in them in six days. Then he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and declared it holy. What is he saying? He's like, you need to slow down and remember who I am. Why, why do you need to have a Sabbath? You need to remember that I created you. You know, when, when we get busy in our work, whether it's computer or manual labor, your head kind of just, your eyes just focus in on what you're doing. And you get, get hyper-focused on, on what you're doing and you forget to look above. You forget to realize that there is something above your work, above your business, above all the things in your life that actually deserves your attention. And he's saying, slow down and remember who I am. Don't just run through life from thing to thing to thing without slowing down and looking at me because you'll forget why you're doing the things you're doing anyway. We need to remember that our God created us. In Deuteronomy 5, he gives the, the Ten Commandments again. And what's interesting, in Deuteronomy 5, he gives a different reason. In Deuteronomy 5.15, he says, remember the Sabbath, keep, keep it holy. He says, remember that you were a slave in Egypt. And the Lord your God brought you out of there with a strong hand and an outstretched arm. That is why the Lord your God has commanded you to keep the Sabbath. He said, listen, you need to remember that I created you, and you need to remember that I redeemed you. I'm the one that got you out of slavery. I'm the one that has, has gone out of my way to rescue you. Beloved, we, we might not have been slaves in Egypt, but, but Jesus says that we were enslaved to sin. In Colossians 1.13, it says, God has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. In him we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Listen, God created you, and when you fell away, he redeemed you. So it's, it's all right if you take some time to look up. It's more than all right. It's, it's, it's appropriate. It's right that you would honor him. The Lord's Day is a day that we gather to remember the redemption that we have in Christ. And y'all, it's so easy to forget or to be overwhelmed or to be deceived by the cares of this world. You know, a lot of times you'll hear people say things like this. You know, I can be a Christian without going to church. I guess technically, I guess that's true. But it's like, I can be a husband without going to my house. I'm like, well, probably not a good one. Like, you know? <laughs> Probably your wife want to see you sometime, right? I, mean, I guess it's possible. Is, is that what's good? I don't think so. One, one of the descriptions that the Bible has for Christians is that of sheep. All right? I was talking to my son about that. He's like, I'm not a sheep. I'm like, you are, though. 
the, the reason that matters is, is if, if I'm a wolf and I want to get a sheep and I see one by itself, that's a lot easier to get. If I see one not gathered with a shepherd, not under his protection, not with the, with the crew, if you will, well, all right, that, that's fair game for me. Beloved, it's for your protection, not, not simply that you would fulfill a box. But Jesus wants you to be protected within the gates of his house and that you would not roam and wander and fall into a ditch. It's really interesting because when I'm thinking about preaching the Ten Commandments, some of them are, are harder than others. This one's kind of easy. What is the commandment? Go to church. I mean, let's just keep it 100. That's, that's what it is. That's what it is. And I can't make that more complicated or more fancy, but listen, listen, it is for our protection. The, the trajectory towards following, falling away begins with inconsistency. That's, that's where it begins. And it begins with this innocent, unthought through inconsistency. You know, I remember when when COVID hit and, you know, we had, we, got to, we had to close the church and had to do all that kind of stuff. But I, I, I remember as I was kind of trying to keep tabs on people, as it was very difficult to do, people, people legit started falling away. Like legit, I mean, I mean we, we had, like, like, what are we going to do? <laughs> people are, are believing heresy. They're, they're following, what, what, you know, I was like, we got to do something. So we started meeting outside. We got to figure out something to do because I see the damage. I have seen it. In that experiment, in that, in that, in that seeking to, to, to care for our neighbor, I saw the damages that happened when people did not gather together on, on, for, for the Lord on the Lord's day. And I thought, man, when this thing goes away, when we're able to establish some, some consistency, the, the importance of this day has definitely elevated in my view because I saw what it did to people. Now, as, as with every single commandment, the reality is this. When you hear God's command, Paul says that as you hear the law, you realize you didn't do it. Okay? That's with every, every command, every, every surprise, surprise, every command that we're going to cover. We're going to get into it. You're going to be like, I ain't do that really well. But there was one who did. Christ observed the Sabbath perfectly. This is illustrated to me. We were, we were going through the book of Mark and and I was preparing for Mark 3, and I saw the pattern that Jesus did on the Sabbath. He got up in the morning, he went to the synagogue, they did whatever they was going to do, and then he went to go hang out with his disciples. And I was like, oh, he's just, he's doing the Sabbath. He's observing what, listen, listen, he was always in the synagogue on a Saturday, whether he was an attendee or a preacher. He made it a point. And, and if, you, if you're familiar with the Gospels, you'll find that, that him and the Pharisees always were getting into arguments on what you could and could not do on the Sabbath. They're always trying to figure out a way to get Jesus. And you'll notice one thing that they couldn't say is you wasn't there. They couldn't say that. Whatever, whatever kind of disagreements they had about a Sabbath, they couldn't say you didn't do it. They had disagreements on, on they'd be nitpicky and, and weird about what you could not do on the Sabbath, but, but he observed the gathering. He spent the, all that day with his disciples. In Mark 2, 23, it says, on the Sabbath day, he was going through the grain fields, and his disciples began to make their way, picking heads of grain. They're just chilling. They're eating some grain. They're talking about spiritual stuff, I guess. It's Jesus. All right? And so, so what was the controversy? What was the controversy? The controversy was they disagreed over what was allowed and what was not. I need to sit here and explain for a minute again. In the old confession, 
written in 1689, it talks about that on the Sabbath that we worship and do duties of necessity and mercy. That, then this is, this is the argument that happens. For, so for, let, let, let's see, what, what is the duty of necessity? They were getting mad at Jesus for helping people, which is very strange, right? And in Matthew 12, 11, he said, who among you, if you had a sheep that fell into a pit on the Sabbath, wouldn't take hold of it and lift them out? He's saying, sometimes you got to do stuff. You, sometimes you just, amen? Sometimes you just got to do stuff. All right? He's like, listen, if you got, if you got an emergency, you got to handle your business. So stop tripping on me, okay? And then mercy, mercy. He would help people. He would serve people. He would heal. He would pray. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. He made it a habit to set aside a day of worship and fellowship to praise God as creator and redeemer. He did it. He made it a priority, and he, he, did, he wasn't weird about it. Let me, let me explain what, when I, what I mean. When we, whenever we talk about the commands of God, there always is this danger of, of legalism. So let, let's explain here. Listen. We ought to be careful not to impose our views on what counts as mercy or necessity on others. Okay? Let, 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 let's, let's be careful that you're not doing that to somebody else, but, but rather you would receive it yourself. And you would say, okay, God, you want me to honor this day. You want me to keep it holy. And there's going to be times where I have to help somebody, or there's going to be times when there's something necessary I have to do. But, but as for not, 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 don't look at somebody else. As for me, Lord, me, what does it mean for me to do it? Because the reality is this. If you notice a brother or sister drifting away from the faith or from the gathering, it is better to go with an inquiring mind than an accusative mind. Yeah. Hey, are you okay? You good. Not what you doing. You might learn that they're going through something real hard. You might need to get close to them. All right? So my fear, my, my fear in preaching this is that, that, that we would turn into legalists and start getting up on their by business. That's not what I'm trying to do. God's word is applied to you. So let it hit you. And if you see somebody who's being inconsistent, not, don't, don't just roll up on them. Like, hey, are you okay? Are you good? Is there a way I can help you? Now, one of my favorite verses in, is in Hebrews, and, and it kind of gets to, to the ultimate picture of what the Sabbath points to. Hebrews 4, 9 through 10, it says, Therefore, a Sabbath rest remains for God's people. For the person who has entered his rest has rested from his own works, just as God did from his. So I need to explain that a little bit. What he's saying is, is the Sabbath is a pointer. The Sabbath, the, the day that you remember God, that you remember his redemption, that you rest and that you enjoy him, it's, it's actually a pointer to something else. That there is a greater and larger and, and everlasting rest that is offered to you. So let me explain to you how, what exactly is the relationship between this, this Sabbath and the gospel. Look, when we look to God, when we, when we look at being in God's favor, you and I are naturally predisposed to seek God's favor through our own works. In other words, how well did we do today? Does God like me based on how well I went to church or how well I did you know, this, that, or how well I didn't sin or whatever, whatever. Now, I don't know about you, but that, if that's true, then my, the basis of God's favor towards me is pretty inconsistent because I would be inconsistent, okay? Yeah? If, if I sought to rest in my relationship with God 
based on how good I did that week, there will be a lot of weeks where I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if we're good today. I was tripping. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. That's, that's not a recipe for rest. That's not, that's not a recipe for, 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 for this, this, this remembering that God loves you. It's, it's a recipe for anxiety. Yet, yet Christ came and lived out a perfect place, lived out a perfect life in our place. He earned God's favor for us. He died in our place to give us his perfect record of righteousness. So, so when we look to God through the cross of Christ, we know that we can rest. Because Jesus has taken care of everything necessary to bring us to and to keep us near to God. Beloved, we all, listen, we a tired culture. We all tired, we exhausted. But listen, there's a rest that you can have that nothing can take away. Because it's not dependent on what you have done. It's all dependent on what Christ has done in your place. And when you feel that, when that hits you deep in your heart, you go, I can rest in him. I I didn't do all the stuff I needed to do right. I messed up. Sometimes I was just downright tripping. But Christ loves me. He has taken care of everything. For my eternal security, he is taking care of everything I need to access God right now. I can rest. So, beloved, enter that rest. And this is for two, two individuals. There, there might be some here that's like, I, I, don't, I don't know if I rock with Jesus or if Jesus rocks with me. Here's the deal. Listen, if you trust in him, he will take care of everything. And you will have forgiveness and redemption and access to God that you can't even jack up. But then there's some of you been walking with Jesus a lot, and you think you graduated from the gospel. You think, well, I needed it back in the day, but I'm, I'm pretty good today. No, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> you need it just as much today. Don't matter if you've, been, if you've just about to walk with him or you've been walking with him for decades. The only way that you get rest is not if you rest on what you have done, but if you rest on what he has done for you. So, beloved, the day that, that we gather together, it's, it's, it's an anticipation of the eternal Sabbath rest. It's that, and beloved, I hope you feel it. I hope you feel it that when we confess our sins and that when we're reminded, oh, no, you have an atoning sacrifice. You have been sacrificed for your sins. You are forgiven. I hope you go, I hope that, 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 that when, 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 when I'm preaching or when someone else is preaching, they, they go, hey, listen, you are accepted because of Christ. Your sins have been forgiven. And listen, he has taken care of everything that you need. I hope that you go. And, and listen, when, when we take communion and, 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 and we say what he said, listen, this is my body. This is my blood that is spilled for you for the forgiveness of sins. It's not, something, it's not a meal that you cooked up. It's one that he offered you. I hope that you go. He has provided for me. And that rest and that peace, that forgiveness and that redemption that I feel right now, that's what I get to anticipate for eternity. Feeling that eternal exhale and that peace and that rest. That's what you have to look forward to. And that's what days like today are a foretaste of. So we praise God. Not because he's given us a burden, but because he's given us a Sabbath. And an assurance of rest in him forever. Let's pray. Father, we just we thank you for your for your mercy in Christ and that 
you said in first john that, that your commandments are not burdensome they're not meant to to press us down and to give us more weight but rather they're paths of life and truth and wholeness lord would you help us to see in us such lord we thank you for the rest that we have in christ that that we come here we don't come here on sundays uh uh trying to figure out how much we've earned or or how good we've been, or how bad we've been. No, we come saying, Lord, will you offer forgiveness? And you always say yes. And so we can rest in you. I pray that we would not forsake gathering together, but that we would be reminded continually of all the good that we have in Christ and the eternal rest that we have for him. In Jesus' name.